I was working on my image back then, really, if you can say it like that. Um, I wasn't following any entrepreneurs of any sort because I actually didn't know kind of like what entrepreneurship was back then. But only one year after, I kind of dove into some of the, you can say, the Danish entrepreneurs, the, the local entrepreneurs here in Denmark. Um, we have one guy here who is called Martin Torbo, who sold a search engine to Yahoo uh, back in, in the early internet days for a lot of money. And, and he was kind of the one who inspired me to kickstart my entrepreneurial journey. Today, we get to speak with Nikki Fries. He is a software growth strategist and turns SaaS marketplace social and subscription companies into growth machines that acquire, retain, and earn more. He's been part of starting three SaaS companies and founded Nikki and ICQI because he wanted to do nothing but grow businesses in multiple industries and markets. Now, I met him through an amazing platform that helps connect podcasters with guests, Matchmaker. .fm. Nikki helps ambitious digital companies like yours and mine build growth strategies that acquire, retain, and monetize more customers. He's been working with platform scale and startups. So if your business model looks anything like Facebook Dropbox, this is the man to speak with. It could be even Tesla, Tinder, or Peloton. Nikki knows what's going on under the covers and how to acquire and retain more customers. So let's learn a little bit more about Nikki in this episode. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Nikki, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Please let me know if I pronounce your name correctly. <laughs> no, it's, com- it's completely correct. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. This is exciting. So we met through, I believe, matchmaker.fm. And it's been a pretty powerful site that's connected me to a ton of awesome guests coming from so many walks of life. And you've done some TEDx talks, which is really awesome, uh, out in Copenhagen. So, Nikki, thank you so much again for coming. Tell us a little bit about yourself so my audience can get to know you and learn a little about you. Thank you so much. So first off, I mean, the TEDx talk is actually, you can say, a little hack of mine because I actually didn't do the talk. I just took okay. a picture. <laughs> one of one of my friends were on stage speaking and I basically just jumped on the stage and asked him if he wanted to take a picture of me and he was fine <laughs> with that. So, hey, big dreams, <laughs> so that's right? a little hack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you can dream it, you can do it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but the question was a little bit about me, maybe. Yeah, kind of give so your listeners a little, a little bit. Yeah, where are you coming from and, you know, what got you started? Yeah, thank you. So, again, my name is Nikki Fries. I'm 26 years old. I'm from Copenhagen, Denmark. As you as you may know, yeah. Copenhagen is a, is a small city based out of Denmark, but the capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm born and raised here with the, my two parents who got divorced later in life. But otherwise than that, I started my first business when I was 16 years old. Wow. It was not a 
SaaS company or something super cool. But in 2015, I was part of starting a company called IdeaNode, which I still own a little bit of shares into. And in 2017, I started another company called patrenewal.com, which I still own a majority of. Mm -hmm. And today I run my own growth advisory firm, as I call it. Nice. So you started a company at a very young age. What inspired you to, you know, start a company at such a young age? What, like, who were you watching? Who were you, who's inspiring you? Or were you, you know, um, what entrepreneurs were you hanging out with? You know, it, it, at a young age, most, most people that I know, they are either playing sports or the other, other into esports, but you went yeah. the up the different route of being your own you know, be your own business owner. Yeah. So, I mean, actually, so when you are a 16 year old guy in living in Copenhagen, Denmark, and we are the, we are the nation known for being one of the nations that drinks the most. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, naturally I transitioned it into kind of starting as, as only 13 year old hours promoting parties to 14 year old people because I wasn't even old enough to get in myself. <laughs> and I mean, then, then over the years I, I continued, you can say promoting parties and kind of hosting my own parties. And then when I turned 16 or when I was 16 and a half or something like that, I basically started a small company to help promote other people's parties because I would, mm. I was gotten quite good at it. So, I mean, what motivated me back then was probably status within my society, within my community, my friends, having fun while partying, of course, getting in for Mm. free. And I don't know, talking to cool people, nice girls, and kind of get all all of these, you can say this image. I mean, I was working on my image back then, really, if you can say it like that. Um, I wasn't following any entrepreneurs of any sorts Mm -hmm. because I actually didn't know kind of like what entrepreneurship was back then. But only one year after I kind of dove into some of the, you can say the Danish entrepreneurs, the the local entrepreneurs here in Denmark. Um, We have one guy here who is called Martin Torbo, Mm -hmm. who sold a search engine to Yahoo uh, back in in the early internet days for a lot of money. And and he was kind of the one who inspired me to kickstart my entrepreneurial journey. Nice. That's really cool. So you got into it for promoting parties because you can get into parties. Um, There's another gentleman who uh, actually followed a similar path. If I can only remember his name, but he started the water.org. Either water.org or where they're basically working on fresh water for people Mm -hmm. all around the world. So he... He started out as a promoter of parties and events and whatnot, and he was really good at it, right? And then he was like, all right, I need to stop this and get into some way that I can really use this. And he started helping charities. So yeah. um, so he's, he uh, then finally launched this charity, which promoted water or fresh I, I mean, water. Yeah, I, I mean, one of the things that promoters are good at, of course, is promoting stuff and getting people to kind of become aware of, yeah, you could say, the course. 
So I think it's a natural step actually for, for a gentleman like him to kind of use his promoting skills, qualities, competences to yeah. go into a greater course. It, it was kind of like the same situation that I found myself in mm-hmm. when I was around 18 years old. I was all, already getting tired of partying because I'd partied, I've partied since I was 13 years old. Yeah. Back then without my parents know, of, knowing, of course. So, I mean, I, I also dove into e-commerce businesses and building an agency back then because, I mean, I, I didn't want to be one of these old guys who mm. owns a club, have a lot of ladies and, and really just being in it for status and fame. There's much more to life than, than yeah. just that. Yeah, so this was Scott Harrison, who we, you know, I mentioned earlier. He jumped on a mercy ships in Liberia, West Africa, where he learned the life-threatening effects of contaminated water, because wow. he was he was a photographer and he'd been promoting. So, 2004, he's like, all right. So everybody's looking at his at his resume, like, well, you've been the party promoter. What are you What are you gonna do with charities? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. I can promote the shit out of your charity. So. It's an amazing story where, you know, they did a really amazing campaigns a few few years ago where they would show this video and, and people would have to walk so many miles to get fresh water. Mm-hmm. And when people would show up at the restaurant and they would be like, oh, we don't have wa- water today. You know, and people were like, what? You don't have water? Are you crazy? Like, yeah, uh-huh. we just don't have water today. So, you know, raising awareness of fresh water, how easily available it is for all of us, right? It's, and we, we have that luxury and then there's so many, so much contaminated water all over the world. And all it takes is the correct type of filtration or, you know, just getting it cleaned up because water is the source is the life force. So it's really cool that, you know, you, you're applying the same methodology, the same ideology behind promotion into bringing people um, to what you're doing now. So what are you doing now? And I know my questions are like all over the place right now, but I'm trying to get to the idea. So tell us a little bit about Idea Note. So that's the first company you launched about, uh, you know, you said five years ago or or 10 years ago. So tell us what, yeah. yeah, So what did the the company do or does it do? Yeah, so I mean, I'm not really a part of the of the daily operations uh, today, but when we were starting the company back then, um, we started because we were basically tired. I mean, when when you are 20 years old and even younger than that, you probably have a job at a supermarket or maybe mm-hmm. at a mall or a store or some something like that. And that was the same experience that we had. Mm-hmm. One of the other co-founders, he worked at a, a gas station. I worked in a sports master, in Sportmaster, which is a sporting retailer here in Copenhagen. They have mm-hmm. uh, 100 stores or something like that, just as a clerk or a salesman on the floor. And I mean, I was tired of having so many ideas because I'm an entrepreneurial type. I have ideas all the time, every day, mm-hmm. all day. And I basically tried to, you can say, get all of my ideas through to the right people who could actually take decisions on them and implement them because some of the ideas in my opinion still was quite good and i struggled you can say having having a say within such a large organization and actually being able to influence the right people who could take decisions so what we started out with 
was basically just an app, a note-taking app. So basically our idea back then was that all employees within a company, let's say Sportmaster in this case, so a sporting retailer, uh, imagine something like Walmart. Mm-hmm. So all the salespeople on the floor would basically have this app and whenever they encountered some idea, they could write it down. And then you can say the, the executive, uh, executive team or you can say the headquarter could basically access this list of all the ideas and they could do something with it. That was kind of like our idea at the beginning. But what we then faced was that, so when you give someone a huge list of ideas, you don't know what to do with them really. Because yeah. it's just, a it's it's like when you look at your notes, maybe if you don't have a very structured notes, you're just seeing a lot of different ideas online and, and you don't know how to sort them. You don't know how to prioritize them. You don't know kind of like what categories should they fit into and all of these other things. So what we basically did was that we pivoted into a, you can say a platform, a digital platform that you use on your browser instead of using on your phone. And what we then added was, you can say, we added sorting functionality, okay, voting functionality, clustering fun- functionality, and a couple of more other features. So, so basically, yeah. So basically, when when the executive team would have to look at this big pile of ideas, it would make them easy. It would make it easy for them to just categorize them, sort them, and evaluate them. That was kind of like the second step. Then the other step was that we started asking questions as kind of like initiating this brainstorming because all the great ideas in the world is most often based upon a great question. Mm -hmm. So whenever you had to add an idea, you had to answer a question basically. So imagine that in, in, in Sportmaster here or Walmart, it would be something like, how might we improve our customer service team or how might, might we improve our customer success or customer relations or, or the customer experience? And then basically everybody who had access to the platform would brainstorm around that specific challenge or the specific question in, in, in this case. So basically making the ideas that they generated a lot more specific and tangible. Well, that's really cool. And, and, the ability to cluster and the ability to organize the ideas into, hey, 10 people like this idea or coming up with similar ideas. And in, in the space of um, software development, we do something very similar, right? We do, we figure out, okay, these are the, this is, everybody will, especially in retrospective, after a sprint, you will go and talk about, okay, this is what I was thinking that we could do better. And then you'll see how many other people in the team also came up with that same idea. And then you're able to stack it together and see the number of votes and whatnot. So that's that's really cool. And to be able to collect data from the public that's visiting the store, I think it's really powerful because these are the people we are trying to, you know, create a safe and safe shopping environment so we can bring the products that they're most interested in and purchasing because they're spending the money. Yeah. Oh, they're putting, they're putting money in our pockets. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that was basically how, I mean, it, it's, it started. And today they are used by 20,000 plus companies, companies like Disney, General Electric, BCG, 
a lot of a lot of well-known brands that you probably uh, know. That's pretty um, awesome. Yeah, but again, today I, I just own I, I own a lot of coupon right now. <laughs> so a very tiny bit of share. Yeah. That I hope someday so, will so, be something amazing. Absolutely, yeah. man. Yeah. Twenty thousand companies using a something like this. It's just awesome. You have a share in the company that you started. So what are you doing now and what's what keeps you motivated in going forward? Yeah, so I mean, the reason for why I'm not a traditional founder anymore running a SaaS company. It's not because any of the companies have gone bankrupt or anything like that. But what I found out over the years is that I started kind of trying to fit into a operational role, being the chief operating officer or at least the one in charge of operations. And I did that because I felt like that was the most important role that I could possibly take on the team. Even though my natural talents are within, you can say, marketing and growth. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, in IdeaNote, I had that role. I was basically the COO and I tried to kind of ensure that all our deliveries and you can say the platform was running smoothly and customer success and that people were basically happy with using our product and our operations was yeah. clean. And when we started Pattern Renewal, uh, the other company, I basically knew that I had to step into this operational role at first, but then slowly transitioning over to a more marketing role. And that was also my my plan because I knew that I wanted to kind of focus on my natural talents and what I felt was most interesting. And what is really motivating me is kind of working in the field of growth where I basically help with retention. I work with customer success, sales, mm-hmm. marketing, and all these other different fields. And the reason for why I jumped out of pet renewal was basically because I just wanted to focus on that. So today I'm running my again, my growth advisory firm, where I basically just work with companies and help them grow. So nothing else but that. And what is really motivating me here is that I feel like I'm getting better every day. Every time I talk with a new company, I learn something new. I feel like I have the ultimate freedom of no of having no employees. I can mm-hmm. work from wherever I want, whenever yeah. I want. I worked uh, in Bali for one month uh, here back in February. Um both IdeaNode and Pet Renewal, we had 20 plus employees. And in, in, in my opinion, it became, or how I ran, you could say the company was that instead of me being practical or hands-on, which I like mm-hmm. and love, I started becoming, you can say a leader or manager. And I started to kind of having a lot of meetings and kind of overseeing stuff. Yeah. And I didn't really want that. So, I mean, that's the, transitioning that I've been through and just want to say one thing because the other guy Scott that you mentioned before he was doing all these uh, good things in the world Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm basically just working on growing companies and and what I'm doing right now is that every month I take one NGO in Mm -hmm. so I basically do some free work pro bono work yeah. Tomorrow I have a, have a workshop with a, a London-based company called, um, I, I can't even pronounce their name because <laughs> I don't know what it means in English, um, but they basically help, um, you can say, homeless people, um, veterans, and, and like, like um, kind of people in that area of life with giving them food and providing them with health. 
Um, so tomorrow I'm doing that. So I just want to say that I'm also trying to do something good and not just growing. No, absolutely. And earning absolutely. a lot of money. <laughs> no, no, you, you, so, so here's the cool part about having money, right? You're able to support others who are less fortunate. You're able to bring your expertise and your money to help others. So yeah. if you figure out a way to how to make a ton of money, you're able to help others. You're able to help organizations who are, who are looking for money to help. Um, because there's a ton of people turning of organizations that need money to help support, especially with now COVID-19, there's a ton of people that are, that are, you know, without a job, they're unemployed. They can't provide food for themselves. Right. Um, pretty soon the money that the government is, you know, putting out here in the U S it's going to run out and they are working on, you know, next versions of, you know, how that, where, where that stimulus money is going to come from. So yeah, if you can teach somebody how to do that, you know, that's, you got to learn, you got to know it yourself. You got to walk the path to be able to teach that. So that's, mm -hmm. that's really, really awesome that you have that capacity to learn and then share as well. So that's awesome, man. Thank you. That's what I try. So right now you're running a company called Nikki and you're helping strategize. You're helping f do strategies for others. And I think what, what's really cool about that is, so what I see is that you're, you love advising and coming up with solutions for different companies and different people, which shows the critical thinking that you have, because it's easy. I mean, it's not easy to run a company or, you know, do the operations. Eventually it gets old. Eventually you get bored. So it, it shows your capacity and it also shows that you're growing as a human being. And mm -hmm. I think growth is super important in no matter which, which way, um, you know, you see recently we put, we set up a couple of vegetable gardens and I had no idea where these plants, you know, what these plants required because when you buy them they're so tiny mm -hmm. but as as you give them the water and the sunshine and everything you start seeing their growth and where they're heading some plants for example squashes they love expanding and taking all over the place with these huge leaves and then you have plants like tomatoes and eggplants we just have a few leaves and they just like to grow in a single direction so <laughs> what I notice is that you have to keep these different plants in check. Otherwise they're going to take over the territory. So it's been pretty interesting to see how to curve the curb, the, the growth of different areas and what you got to do. So I like that as human beings, you know, we, we also have growth in different areas and you got to say, okay, which, which area, is going to help me grow the most. So it's awesome that you, that you see that in yourself and you're able to, you know, go in the direction that's, that's most enjoyable for you as well as exciting for you. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And it was a great example with the plants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I've, I've got some, pl I've got a problem with this one tomato plant that has, 
four large branches. And I'm like, which one do I cut? Because each branch has a few tomatoes growing. I'm like, okay, as soon as yeah. these tomatoes ripen, I'm going to cut off this branch and let it go <laughs> tall because uh, one guy that I follow, he's like, okay, you want, you might, you want to make sure that you trim those bottom and you keep close eye on it. So they only grow in this, in a proper way. Otherwise you'll have all sorts of branches sticking out and, and then you'll know, you don't know what to do with them. So yeah. it, it was a really great example of, of what I was missing. And, and again, no matter what task or what hobby or what job or what new startup that you start, you have to really think hard. Okay. Where do I want this to go? So next year we have plans. Okay. We're going to make sure that we see which plants we're planting and where, and that, that they don't encroach on each other's areas or, you know, um, property and then stake them or, you know, plan a better garden. So, similar plants go together so then they're not you know they're not taking over the entire garden <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty awesome experience there all right yeah. nikki so uh tell me tell us a little bit about um okay so what i'm going to do is i'm going to go to a different direction so tell at this point you know let me ask some questions to get some juices flowing. Uh, what is one hobby that you wish you got into? I really wanted to get into gymnastics for quite a long time, actually, mm -hmm. uh, here in my my older years. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's because one of the things that I s I'm scared of the most is kind of doing saltos and, I mean, jumping on my head and doing all these acrobatics. And the reason for why I really wanted to get into that is basically to overcome that fear and to learn a new skill. Cool mm -hmm. skill. But um, what I also found out is that <laughs> if, you, if you're looking for a team, which I was doing only, only six months ago, mm -hmm. well, almost all of the teams in, in my neighborhood, at, at least, and in, you can say the greater, the greater city of Copenhagen here, mm -hmm. if you want to get started, you have to go private class or you have to be a kid. There's, there's no beginner's classes for um for people who are i don't know older than 15 years old maybe yeah so you have to be 15 years or older to get in no younger sorry you have to be younger than 15 <laughs> yeah to, to 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 get started on a beginner's class mm. so you you can't really start in a beginner's class at least not in in my, in my area here in, in copenhagen yeah and maybe i have to go to another country classes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I mean that those are expensive and yeah, you don't know you really don't know what you're getting yourself into, right? Mhm. Mm yeah. Yeah, gymnastics is gymnastics is one of those things where your body really needs to be very very limber, right? Be able yeah. to be flexible and limber and be able to move quickly and that's why a lot of people like even uh you know, we were thinking that we should put our kids in gymnastics when they're younger. And um, like they would learn much faster and be able to do things. So it's, it's, uh, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful um, activity or, or sport for sure. It's amazing. Yeah. The human body, you know, you could see its full potential of gymnastics. Yeah. So that's awesome. what I really wanted to do, but never got into. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. 
All right, next one up. What did you want to be when you were a child? Oh, I wanted to be a professional hockey player. Hmm. Oh, actually, when I was even younger, I wanted to be a monkey. But um, yeah, I, I, I probably realized that. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be a monkey. <laughs> My favorite animal was, was a monkey, and I wanted okay. to be the spider monkey. Mm-hmm. Basically, I, I was able to use my tail as a, as a fifth arm. And I mean, uh, later on in life, I really got into, you can say, cyber, uh, not cyber, biohacking and, and mm. body hacking, kind of having NFC chips in my hand and magnets in my hand. And I really wanted to kind of transcend myself and my human brain with the technology. And maybe I will someday, but um, I guess that's why I wanted to be a monkey. I wanted to be, I don't know. Well, that's a really, that's a really um, cool topic actually to talk about, because (laughs) here's here's the power here's the power of of, here's the power of the human brain, right? Our human brain is so much so powerful that we don't even understand its entire capacity, and Mm -hmm. if you if you're thinking about biohacking with chips and and you know technology well technology is obsolete compared to our human brain because our human brain number one it's an it's an organic um it's organic meaning it can grow and that's how we're able to learn new skills new techniques on a daily basis in fact there's seven thousand new brain cells that are born every day and depending on whatever you're learning that's what we're going to lean into. So it's not that we are not capable. It's that the technology of our time is not capable enough to communicate with our brains. Mm-hmm. Right? So there will be a time where technology is far enough that it can, I mean, right now we have ECG and stuff like that that can read our mind language. In fact, I had this mind focusing that you put on your brain and you can basically control music and control different things just by thinking about it um so you know they have play toys like that but it's to get it to a point where you can communicate telepathically or communicate from a totally different way you know it's is a totally it's something that we haven't come across yet because what the beauty of, beauty of our mind of is all is, I don't even know how to talk anymore, uh, is that when we dream, it's our mind traveling to a totally different space, right? Because uh, our brain is a physical um, hardware, but our mind is the spiritual, which can travel in and out of our brain. So just thinking about that and being able to connect on a different level. I mean, we are quantum beings. We just don't know it yet, right? Human beings are quantum beings because our soul existed before our body existed. Mm -hmm. So just thinking about that, you know, biohacking is, I would say, we are probably two decades away from it, if not more. But um, the technology has been around a lot longer. I mean, we, we've heard of uh, Atlantis and what happened with Atlantis and whatnot, right? So <laughs> even though that's fiction, uh, I'm sure some version of it 
was true at one time. So uh, I love talking about, you know, topics like that, you know, quantum physics, quantum entanglement, mm -hmm. um, nanotechnology is really amazing and you know, how far it's come so far, come yeah. till now, right? It, um, 40 years ago is, was it um, 1975? So what, 45 years ago is when Eric Drexler wrote the book, Nano, Unbounding the Future with Nanotechnology. So he came with the the concept of molecular level engineering, right? Um, so just it just fascinates me. I mean, it, and anything that deals with technology and deals with going above and beyond with what's normal, it just excites me. So thanks for bringing yeah, up that topic, man. That's awesome. No, me too. Me too. I used to have a, I used to have a blog called Techniki. Oh, I don't nice. have it anymore. <laughs> I actually uh, basically, have a blog. Uh -huh. Go ahead. Ba basically, writing about exponential technologies. Um, I've been on a, this uh, five-day Singularity University program, um, basically on exponential technologies. And mm -hmm. Yeah, so I just wanted to write about that and kind of all these things that you talk about now is something that we went through and something that I've been thinking about for, for quite a long time now, but I haven't nice. really been thinking on it lately so it's also nice to talk about it again yeah um uh, i actually launched a blog called techno junkie it's still around uh i don't post on as much as i want to again everything takes time right everything takes time all right so next question um what what is your favorite movie or tv show wow I don't know. I don't know if I have anything favorite. Um, I mean, I mean, let, let's let's look at a, a TV show. And now I'm gonna say something, and and almost all men will pro probably hate me, but <laughs> I I see what my girlfriend wanna see. <laughs> and when 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 we are not watching series and not doing something together, then I work or read books. I love reading books. All right, then. Uh... If I were what what would you be your favorite book then? I have a lot of favorite books as well, but one one of the books that I uh, often recommend people is um, mm. "Think and Grow Rich" by oh, Napoleon Hill. Beautiful book. Yeah, and it's beautiful. it's all about you can say having the the proper mindset and, and kind of yeah. it it laid back in I don't know 2013 13 mm. or something like that when I read it for the first time. It kind of laid the foundation for my personal growth and probably also my career growth and, and kind of how I, my mindset um, in life and, and how I was able to think long-term rather than short-term mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. No, that book is so powerful and so on point and it actually goes, it, it, it ties in and like tangentially connects with um, quantum physics and quantum entanglement. So the title in itself says think and grow rich because you're thinking about it. The more you think about it, the more your mind starts making it a reality, right? Because our brain is a CPU of our existence, right? This is what makes it happen. And the more and more you get put stuff, put good stuff in it and concepts in it, 
it starts opening up and it starts absorbing and sending out signals all over the world that, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Send more more of this stuff towards my way. So that's that was, you know, it's, it's awesome to hear that you had that foundation bill, you know, at a earlier age to start growing your mindset. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. And I mean, it was a life-changing book for me and yeah, and I mean, one book that I've also read two times, and I don't, oft, I often don't read two times. I booked twice. I mean, is actually the the book of Steve Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs book. Um, yep. And I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know why, but somehow his story just really spoke to me. Yeah. And uh, when I read it for the second time, was basically when I was uh, doing conscription mm-hmm. in the military. Um. And I read that, you know, it was before Idea Node and for, before Pet Renewal. And I read that he basically traveled to India and kind of, when he came home, he had the idea for Apple computer. Yeah. So what I did afterwards was, of course, that I went to India and basically tried to figure out what I wanted in life. And I came home and I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I, w- I were there three months alone in... I didn't know anybody out there, but Mm -hmm. I had a great trip and I learned a lot about myself and met a lot of nice people, friendly people. Um, Yeah, getting that self-awareness is so important, you know, to know who you are. And um, I'm getting my self-awareness much later in life, you know, in my 40s. But I, I, um, it all started for me when I listened to Tony Robbins for the very first time. I saw him on this infomercial and I was like, holy smokes, who is this guy? I need to know him. Right. So I, I see so tall. <laughs> he's so tall and he's so like full of dynamic energy. It's beautiful. Right. So he's very infectious. He's very enthusiastic and, and you, you, you immediately want to be his friend unless you're not of that mindset, you know? So that was, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. All right. So I enjoy his, uh, his events as well. Yeah, his events are, we, I actually visit, you know, got to visit one of those events and he's so full of energy. Like, it's almost like you're at a concert because you're nonstop consuming this content and then you're like changing your, you know, you're standing up, you're sitting down, you're standing up, you're sitting down, you're doing high fives and it's, it's just beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I, 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 to- I totally agree. Yep. I know I had, uh, so I have a few questions around movies and you didn't mention anything about a movie. So we'll <laughs> switch it up a little bit, you know. Um, if you, which book would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Wow. Mm. I had to play a character in it. I don't know if any nonfiction book is, is kind of coming to my mind because almost... Mostly- are you reading mostly fiction books or and non-fiction? Books? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I should, what kind of n- fiction books have I ever read? I don't know, but I've read the the book from Paulo Coelho or okay. I can't, maybe I don't pronounce his name called mm-hmm. The Alchemist. Maybe Alchemist, you know it. Okay. Yeah. I've heard it's, of the book. It's, yes. It's quite famous as well. It's about mm-hmm. this, uh, this boy who, um, it's basically you can say traveling uh, by himself, and he 
meets all these people who who is going to help him. And there's, I can't exactly remember, you can say the message of the book, but I remember mm-hmm. that uh, it was a good book. And I read it also twice, I guess. And uh, if I should be a character, I would probably be him because he nice. was curious of life. He learned a lot uh, mm-hmm. and, and he was never the expert in the room. He always knew that somebody else was probably, you know, I mean, more knowledgeable than him within mm-hmm. a specific area. And kind of this curiosity is something that I really want to bring into my life. I mean, yeah, always being aware that you can learn something if something new from any person and you can also teach something new to any person Tony. no matter if it's tony robbins or or whomever it is you can teach yeah. him something and and just kind of being aware of that is kind of giving me some confidence that i have something to bring i mean i have something to bring to everybody no that's really that's really that's really awesome because being able to put yourself in that space where you can help others Right, that's that's really powerful, and and essentially that's what we're here for in this world. Like we're here to help each other because human, we are social social beings. Yeah. After all. All right. So last question: If you were a board game, what would it be? Board game. I mean, I've played backgammon my entire life. Um. So it would probably be that. I mean, my 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 dad. He used to take me to. He he's playing. Uh, he used to play in like this club, something like that in in a Danish league, and he used to take me to backgammon uh, matches sometimes when he was mm-hmm. sitting me uh, back when I was young, and we were yeah. going to these. I mean these these games, and I was getting sodas, and I was fed up with the candy and all of these things, and then I <laughs> then he didn't have to to do anything, but I mean. I actually have a backgammon just here behind me. Nice. Um, yeah, I think I would be that kind of board game. And the reason for that would probably be because you definitely have to be strategic. Mm-hmm. But you're also aware that it's also, you can say, a, a parts of, you can say luck. I don't know if luck is the right word. Yeah. But there is some uncertainty in every, you can say, every time you dice. It's, it's, you don't know what, yeah, what it would be, and life is life. It's like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Life is like that, but you can still be strategic about it, yeah. and you can think about, you can say, the statistics of certain, um, what do you say, certain moves mm-hmm. from both your component, uh, your opponent, but yourself as well. It's basically what actions you will take to combat your opponent's move. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. I like it, man. That's awesome. So Nick, this was Nikki, this was a really awesome conversation. Thanks so much for sharing your story, sharing your passion for strategy and technology and biohacking and your 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 dreams of being a gymnast. I mean, who knows? Maybe <laughs> you could get into martial arts, right? Something <laughs> physical, something beautiful and uh Make that happen. Uh, I bid you best of luck in your, you know, current um, endeavor with Nikki um, application. You know the the companies that you got going on. Where can my audience find you? Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest on your show. I'm very honored. 
and it's been fun chatting and fun getting to know you and you have a lot of good questions that I haven't um, answered before mm. but I'm very happy <laughs> uh, I've actually been boxing as well I've, I won a match a one nice. match uh, and right now I'm dancing to kind of Latin and uh, what is called modern nice because I want to kind of explore new skills how people can find me and learn more about me feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn I'd be happy to answer any question that you may have I also have a podcast called Out of Growth where I interview growth experts. Nice. If you are into growth, feel free to jump in there. Otherwise, uh, I mean, comment on the, on this show. I'd be happy to to reply to your comments there as well. Otherwise, I hope you got something out of it. Congratulations, you made it to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode. Please send me an email at junaid at hatsandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website. 